A year later, the old Earl had a stroke and died, and George Worthington took over. Henrietta's mother died soon after. Brother George issued orders that Henrietta should never again be allowed to set foot on a Worthington acre. George had his own reasons for hating Henrietta and her husband, Alan King. Not too much was known about Alan King, except that his father had once dug ditches and his mother had taken in washing. Even his given name, Alan, was of obscure origin. Alan remembered his father talking about the better days when the king sat above the salt. There was the story, often told at family gatherings, that the name King had come from their once having had some kind of connection with the royal family. Another story often told was that the kings had got their name from an ancestor who had played the part of the king in a village pageant. In any case, Alan's father, who sometimes wore a monocle, betrayed more than the usual pride in the name King. Alan was incensed when both Henrietta's father and her brother had cut her off because of him. We will go to America, Alan announced. We will make our fortune there, because I'll never give your drunken brother a chance to lord it over us. Gloat. Henrietta was willing. She was of a mind to show her family that they had made a mistake about her darling Alan. Meantime, the Honorable Elizabeth Dalsey, an aunt, assured Henrietta that should George die young and without issue, and there was a good chance he might, as he was very reckless, she would take it upon herself to make sure that the earldom and the estate should pass on to any man-child born to Henrietta. A promoter named Newhall told Allen about a place in Iowa, America. It was a town called Weldon. For just a hundred pounds, or four hundred dollars American money, you can be settled up on eighty acres of land, with a house, yoke of oxen, horse, cow, twelve sheep, poultry, pig, wagon, plow, harrow, seed, and thirty weeks' provisions, enough to live on until you've raised a small crop. Alan raised a dark brow. This has been done? Often, and if you happen to have a wife who doesn't get homesick, I can see no reason why, with ordinary luck and blessed with patience and perseverance, you shouldn't prosper equal to your utmost expectation. It has been done, then. You have the hundred pounds? My wife can get it from her aunt. Take it and go, because at Weldon you'll be living with the very pick and flower of British immigrants. Alan and Henrietta went, early in 1834. Weldon turned out to be a raw-boned place. There were, however, several British homes of some elegance some miles out in the country. Alan and Henrietta built a house on a hill beside a stream. They plowed and planted. They lived frugally. They sweated and dreamed through the summer months. But the crop of wheat they reaped that first fall was so bad they couldn't sell it for hog feed. Luckily, game was plentiful in the area, and they managed to survive through Christmas. They sold out for a pittance and in January moved to town. Just in time, Magnus was born a week later in 1835. Henrietta was in severe labor for three days, almost died. She was badly torn inside and was never to have another child. Alan King was known to have little or no knack with either animals or farm machinery, and when he looked for work the next spring, he was laughed at. The people in Weldon felt that if a man couldn't make a go of it farming, under ideal conditions, he couldn't make a go of it at anything else either. Nor could Allen get on with his new neighbors in America. 
He could not unbend from what he thought he had once represented in England. He persisted in wearing his Oxford hat and his bright linens and his fashionably cut waistcoat. Local Weldonites considered him to be a conceited ass, and for final proof of it, pointed to the monocle he wore on any and all state occasions. Allen was good at cards, but when he tried to work up a little friendly game in either of the two saloons in town, the House of Commons or the House of Lords, the callow swells hooted him out of doors. Particularly galling was the fact that many of the Britishers around Weldon had money to burn. They were in most cases second sons of titled English families who had been given a liberal remittance to go to America and to stay there. Some drove a four-in-hand with a man winding the horn. All of them went fox-hunting and played polo and called each other a capital fellow, a brick, an honest chum.